God is looking far beyond your uh, matrimonial commitment that's going to last for 40, 50, 60 years, 70 years, or whatever. He's looking out in the future and saying, I need to keep a godly heritage going. I want you to get married. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And I want you to live a godly, holy life so you can raise your kids in a godly, holy manner so they can serve me after you're gone. But if you bust up, these kids, they're going to go all kinds of ways. And then I got to try to grab them, pull them back in, and get them going again. He says, I am seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit. And do not break faith with the wife of your youth. And verse 16 says, I hate divorce. This is Jerry G. Martin. If your marriage is being challenged right now, Today's message is for you. And if you know someone who's been challenged, invite them to listen as well. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. A couple was driving down a country road for several miles, not saying a word to each other. Anybody ever took one of those drives? And earlier discussion led to an argument that neither one of them wanted to give in on. As they drove past a farmyard, goats, and pigs, the husband looked at the wife and sarcastically asked her, relatives of yours? <laughs> the wife looked back at him and said, yes, they're my in-laws. <laughs> See, the women thought that was funny. But a middle-aged man brought a brand-new Porsche, convertible. He took off and drove down the highway and pushed it up to 160 miles an hour while he was enjoying the wind blowing through his, on his bald head. <laughs> he thought, now this is great. And he thought, well, I'll just go a little faster. And he accelerated and he eventually looked in his rearview mirror, and what did he see? There was a policeman coming up behind him with the lights just flashing. He thought to himself, he can't catch me. He floored it. The next thing you know, he was going 210 miles an hour. And he was just driving, and all of a sudden, he said, wait a minute. This don't make no sense. I'm too old for this. So he just pulled over to the side of the road, and the policeman pulled up behind him, and got out of the car and walked up to the driver's side of the Porsche. He said, sir, my shift is going to end in five minutes, and today is Friday. If you can give me a reason for speeding that I've never heard before, I'll let you go. The man looked back at the policeman and said, sir, last week my wife ran off with the policeman. And I thought it was you trying to bring her back. <laughs> the policeman said, have a nice day. <laughs> I want you to think back to your wedding day and that ceremony that you had. Was the ceremony short and sweet or was it grandiose with the large wedding party and people are still talking about your wedding? Was it in a chapel or on a cruise ship? 
Was it in a gazebo or in a garden or was it on a white sandy beach? Did you have a stretch limo or did you have to ride in a Pontiac with the windows down because the air condition didn't work? One thing for certain that you and your spouse-to-be were drawn to that moment of marriage by the dream of spending the rest of your days with the love of your life. You know, recently I asked the guy, I said, well, how's the married life going? He said, man, it is great. It's just more than I ever imagined. My wife and I just enjoy each other so much. You know, we've just been having such a wonderful time. And I just tell everybody I meet how great marriage is. I say, well, good. How long has it been since you've been married? He say, two weeks. <laughs> but when you got married, you were willing to stand before God and your family and friends and pledge to stay together for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, as long as you both shall live. Remember those words? Remember those words? Oh, a couple of them say they remember. Somebody said, I don't know if we said that. <laughs> yeah, you said that. When you uttered the words, I do, you no doubt believe firmly that, in, that you had a special someone. You had that special someone that was going to make you happy. You anticipated the experience of wholeness and completion and security and companionship that you hoped for. How many remember how happy you were on that wedding day? Well, maybe you weren't so happy. As married people, you may still be living on the mountaintop of happiness, but for some of you, you and your spouse have slipped off that mountaintop, and some have slid down the slippery slope toward a failed marriage. But regardless of where your marriage is, I think you will agree that for the most people today, living out the marital dream in the real world has become increasingly difficult. People are struggling in their relationships, and we hear daily of those who have decided that they were going to go toward divorce. As a nation, we seem to have given up believing in the value of marriage. Today, uh, in the United States, about 43% of all first marriages will end in divorce. That's the first one. About 60% of the remarriages will end the same way. Folks get married, and then they get remarried and then they think the remarriage is going to be better than the original. But the best chance you have for making your marriage work is working on the one you have. Divorce is more than a statistic. It involves real people with real hopes and real dreams and real pain. Even if divorce hadn't touched your immediate family, I'm sure you know someone, a co-worker, a neighbor, a friend, or someone who have suffered through the pain of the family breakup. The pain of divorce is not limited to the people involved. It's, it's estimated that each year over one million children are hurt by their parents' divorce. There are forces that are working actively 
to see that your marriage fails. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. He, he said there is a thief and his strategic methodology is to steal, to kill, and destroy. In the book of Malachi, when God was talking to the prophet Malachi, he said this. He says, Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. He's talking about husband and wife. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Then verse 16 he says, I hate divorce, said the Lord God of Israel. And I hate a man covering himself with violence as well as with his garment, says the Lord Almighty. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith. So if we're going to guard our hearts, it would do us well if we have a good understanding of how we get from our dream marriage to a tragic divorce. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a process that begins and slides and slouches toward divorce. The dream is the kind of marriage we all hope for and have tasted for in our better moments together. A lot of marriages start off very, very well and everybody is happy. But I hope you don't think living the dream marriage is the same as a perfect marriage. Every marriage has its challenges. Oh, okay. I thought I might have to go to something else. Every marriage has its challenge because you have two different people who are coming together from a different perspective, different personality, different influences in their family life, and you're coming together and you're trying to live as one. And it's difficult to live as one when you're two. You've got to work at it, and you've got to grow there. The perfect marriage probably doesn't exist where there is never any conflict or contention. But you can be living the dream while you're working to improve your marriage. Most of us start out with a dream, some end up with a nightmare. So I want to give you several steps that will show how a marriage goes from a dream to a nightmare or even divorce. And the first step from going the, from going to a, from a dream to a divorce is a stage of disappointment in your marriage, a stage of disappointment. We all come into our relationships with a certain level of expectation, whether they are realistic expectations or not. They still are expectations. We expect something from the other person or we expect the other person to be a certain way or to act a certain way or to perform a certain way. And disappointment happens when you or your spouse fail to meet the other's expectation in some way. So we have all these little expectations that are unspoken sometimes. And when we discover that our spouse is not what we expected, we can have a little disappointment. And it could be nothing that's wrong. It's just that we expected something different. We expected breakfast in bed every morning. For my wife. 
and we found out on the second morning that's not going to happen. So we have to change that expectation. We don't know why you expected that, but that's what you expected. You expected him to take the garbage out every week, and he doesn't do it. He said his mother took the garbage out. He has to learn that his wife ain't his mama. I heard one woman say amen, but her husband's not here. Many people have to learn how to quickly and effectively deal with the relational disappointments in marriage. You're just disappointed. How do you deal with that? And whenever you are the disappointer or the disappointee, every disappointment needs a resolution in your own mind. You have to decide, you know, that's not that serious. I'm not going to even let that bother me. Or you got to try to deal with it in some manner. In every relationship, in every marriage, you have an aha moment. Ah, I didn't realize that it was going to be like this with the other person. This is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you for listening to our broadcast and our podcast. We've been bringing you a message that will hopefully be encouraging to you no matter where you are in your relationships with others. You may be single, you may be married, widowed, or divorced. I want you to know that God has his eye on you and God has his hand on you and he is here to assist you with whatever you're going through in this day, in this hour. He has a purpose for your life. If you would like to listen to this message again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin again. That's the Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message and previous messages that have aired on this station. You can also subscribe to this podcast and you will get notifications when new messages are released. I want you to know that when you're in the greater Houston area, you are invited to come and be our guest at the Light of the World. We are worshiping in person each Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m., at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road. We have an expectation for God to do some amazing things through the ministry and through the people of God when you come and worship with us. For more information, go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. There are those of you who are still looking for books and Bibles, Sunday school supplies, or communion supplies. Call us at the Beacon Bookstore, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.